0: so that you could be someone who would be beneficial at contributing to the welfare, the overall good welfare of society in which we live. Things are pretty dysfunctional in the society in which we live, but God's not unaware of those things. Scripture says that God's sovereignty decided when you were going to be born, where you were going to be born, who your parents were going to be, like it or not. I, I, got it. I, I want to be sensitive here because I want you to know that some of us have not grown up. There's some in this room today whose childhood is not anything good for them as far as in memories. And I want to tell you something. God is in control and his control will make you whole when you realize, even when you went through some of that dysfunction and chaos, that he's working somehow all these things together for your good. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking this because I'm starting to blame him. You, you see, things were not fair in my house. Things were inju- unjust. There was abuse. There was lack of patience. There wasn't love. I didn't have it like other people have it. <laughs> you know, God's already decided how long you're going to live. <laughs> Why would he let some live longer than others? Why would you look at some and say, My goodness, they live too, too short of a life? You might get to the point to where you think, if God's in control of everything, do I even have a choice? Is there really this thing called freedom? <laughs> I want to tell you today, there is freedom, but there's boundaries. There's a parameter to where you cannot go beyond. You surely can't go anywhere in this planet and be somewhere where God is unaware of you because he knows everything and he sees everything. He's omnipresent, right? But it's like this. If you were in a chess game with God, who would, be, who would the winner be? If you're in a chess game with God, you have the freedom to move your players any which way that you want, right? But ultimately, we know who is going to win in the end, do we not? Absolutely. But you still have freedom to move the players and to do the things as you want them to do. The Bible says that God gives you a freedom to choose the way you want to live, the way you want to act. But once those choices are made, you have to live with the consequences. And that's the part that we don't like. Us living with our own consequences, the choices that we have made. I mean, God says if you do certain things, then certain things are going to be the result. Now those come with both promises towards good things, but also warnings about bad things. Children, honor your parents. What's the reward? You'll live a long life. But if you don't, right, I mean, it, it's, it's important that you would realize all of us are children here. Right. Every single one of us. You don't, you don't just grow up and quit being a child. You can honor your parents all the days of your life. So I'm not speaking to just the young generation here right now. I'm speaking to all of us to make sure that we're doing what we need to do, even as adults, to honor our parents. I want to talk about some practical ways to apply this. And to reap the benefits of God being in control to make you whole in your life. First of all, his control affects your plans. The Bible says that if God is in control, then my plans have a limit. There's limitations. I already said that to you, right? But it's important for you to realize in Proverbs chapter 19, look it with me. 1921 says this. It says this. Next slide. Does it say that or no? His control affects my plans. Okay, yep. The next slide says, thank you. There we go. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And then in Proverbs 16, one from the good news version, we may make our plans, but God has the last word. That's right. Now, I want to know everything about him. He wants me to know everything about him personally. And what he wants me to understand is this about him. I am free, and I can make plans, but he's the one who's got the last word. He is the one who is going to dictate. Many times I want you to know that God's plans, not many times, every time, God's plans are better than mine. They're better. I've got ideas. I mean, now I'm not wanting to cause any problems here, but just to illustrate a point, how many of you did not marry the person you thought you were going to marry at some point in your life? Raise your hand. All right. Some of you are sheepish about that. You're like, oh no, I looked at you from the onset. I mean, we were were meant to be together. There's just no way. I mean, some of you even moved down the path and you were all set to marry somebody and that didn't work out. And the person, you, you, you get what I'm saying here, right? You had a plan, but you're thankful that that plan didn't work out. You're thankful that the person you have next to you is a person that is going through life with you. Many of you are not in the first career choice, I'm sure, right? You're doing something today that you weren't even doing last year for some of you. God changed your plans. You can't even say that you, you instituted that, Right. Well, we need to be tentative in our plans when it comes to the things of God. Now, pa- Pastor, you're sitting there thinking, my, if I'm tentative, then how do I have any certainty in my life? How do I get to the place? Ultimately, when I understand God is in control and he has the last word, and I wake up every morning and I say, I trust in you, Lord. I acknowledge you. I expect that you will guide and direct my path.'" Because it says in Proverbs 3 5, right? Something comes, a peace comes, but my plans need to be flexible. The pr- problem that we have is many of us become presumptuous. We just move on and we say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna buy that, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna. And, and there, there's, there's, there's no room for the flexibility that's necessary in order for you not only just to save face, but for you to understand that he gets the last word. James chapter 4 verse 13 says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go this or that, uh, to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead you ought to say if it is the Lord's will we will live and do this or that. That's that's James chapter 4 verse 13 and 15 for those of you writing some things down. You see I want to tell you something today. If it is the mature who will be changeable, <laughs> who will be flexible. If you're not mature, you're immature, then you're, you're, you're so hard headed, stiff necked. Hello? That's what Jesus said, right? He's stiff necked. Those Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to be more right and wanted more power than they wanted truth. Sometimes you can't ever see the truth in a situation because you are so set in your mind that you're right and everything else is wrong. You're thinking of somebody right now that's like that. You need to think a little closer to home. Right? Right? You see, the right attitude is that you'll be cooperating with the Holy Spirit, yeah. who is God, who is trying to lead you and guide you. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to do this, and uh, I want you to bless it, how about saying, God, what is it that you want me to do so I can be blessed? How is it, Lord, that you will be able to lead me into this place, this God-willing thing? People used to write at the end of letters DV, which means Dio Valente or meaning God willing. And, you know, I used to hear that when I was growing up, and I, I used to, you know, wonder, but it was said a whole lot more when I was growing up, and I just thought someone, well, there they go on that spiritual thing again. But really what happened is they got a hold of something. They understood, and they made it every part of their life. When they were talking about, well, I'll be over tomorrow, the Lord willing, that was the vernacular, and maybe still the vernacular of some of you in this place today, that you would say that, not as just a, a traditional, uh, something that comes out of your word, your mouth without any thought, but you really are saying, I realize that the Lord is in charge, and I have this plan, but the Lord willing, I'll, I'll be there. And some of us, your pastor included, has looked and listened to you say that, and like, hello. I don't say I say it now, okay? I'm just saying I've said it before. I think that some of you are like me. I think you've thought those thoughts. Proverbs 16, 9 in the Living Bible says, we should make plans counting on God to direct us. That's cooperation. So say this with me. His control, His control. Makes, me makes me whole. All right? His control also means my problems have purpose. (laughs) I told you this is going to be the hard spot, you know. My problems have purpose. 1 Peter 1 6 and 7, the Phillips translation says it this way At present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. Give me that next scripture verse, if you would, please. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than gold. Life is not a series of random events that have no meaning. As a child of God, everything that's happening in your life does not happen without the Heavenly Father's permission. And that right there makes you gulp deep. Hmm makes some of us listen to the words of the enemy when he says, and he's supposed to love you? And this is supposed to be working together for your good? If you don't know him personally, then you listen to those words, and all of a sudden something starts happening, and you can't get this truth that those problems that I'm experiencing... Those problems have purpose, because we just want those problems to be taken care of. But everything that happens to you is father-filtered. It can't happen without him watching over you, which gives us all kinds of dilemmas. Because there's some people who pray the same prayers for the safety of their children or for, for a, a job or for a home or for a car. And, and, and they get their prayers answered. I've got to be careful because that's going to be our next point. But, but, you know, and it doesn't quite work out the same for you or for someone else that you know. We prayed for a baby who was hours and days old few weeks ago and we wanted for that father to be able to after the loss of his wife for those of you who weren't here there was a young mother who fell was pregnant thirty two weeks pregnant lost her life immediately and the baby was of course injured as well and I wanted god I wanted God to perform a miracle in in, in that sense and allow for that dad, that young father of 24 years of age to be able to at least have his, his child. It didn't turn out that way. Can anyone else say that they've ever been disappointed with what you, the way you wanted things to go and it turned out differently? Can we be that real? His control means my problems have purpose. Lord, help me get my mind around this. How can problems be your will? Hold on, that's not what I said. I said that God has filtered everything that happens in your life, but it doesn't mean that problems are his will. There's a difference. Okay? His will means, his, it means his, his desire for your life. His ultimate desire for your life is that you would become fully mature, fully convinced of who he is because you know him personally. And when the enemy comes against you and, and takes and blows up that problem in your life and tries to get you to question the very nature and character of God, that you're able to respond and say, uh-uh. You're able to respond and say, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm not just saying it. I actually believe it. There are things that are happening in your life that are not God's will. Sin is not God's will. Any sinners here today? Hmm. Someone gets Cancer someone might say well it must be God's will if you if you're saying to me that you know that this this purpose all these problems are will show me his purpose it must be. no i didn't say that there's things that happen that are not God's will but has come through the God or the Father filter. And, and the only reason he would let it come into my life is because he is going to take me through this storm. His, his ultimate goal for all of us is that we would have eternal life. It isn't that you would be just successful here on this earth. The reason that so many people get an attitude towards faith or towards the church is when things don't work out for them the way in which they, they've, they've been, someone has told them. Out of context. Listen, just ask for it. Walk around it seven times. Let those walls come down. Here's the thing. I don't want you not to let faith arise within you. But I want you to know this, that God is with you in the midst of the storm. That's why in Psalms 23, he says, When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. No matter what's going on in your life, he is there for you. He wants to help you. It's not, everything is not his will. He doesn't cause sin. He's not even causing all the problems. But, but you know what? God has a way. Turn to the next slide if you would please. He is a pro at turning bad things into good things. He has the ability to allow for those things that are happening in your life that makes no sense at all, depending upon our response to work out for our good. And and the thing about it, and it's really mind-boggling when you think about it, is that he knows what your response is going to be before you actually do respond. There is not enough time in the 45 minutes that I have here to give you the whole theological explanation about why bad things happen to good people so what i'm trying to expound on to you today is to help you to understand that no matter what you're going through god is not unaware of it he has filtered it and he's not he's he's actually setting up things in a way that you don't have to go through them alone Some of the ways that you don't have to go through them alone is by not only realizing the the supernatural effect of his spirit helping you, but whom he's put upon the face of the earth to be your family members to help you, the family of God. The problem is that many of us, either out of arrogance or stubbornness or independent spirit, we... Someone's told us that we, we we we're we're weak. If we we tell somebody that we're that we are weak, and His Word says, "Listen, it's when you only become weak that you can become strong." Confess your sins one to another. Why would He tell us that? When in another place He says, "Listen." Don't you be out there listening to all of the, uh, the sins and the stuff that's happening in darkness and, and getting excited about the, those types of things. But, but listen, God has a way to turn those bad things into good things. I mean, he could have kept Paul out of prison at Philippi. He could have let him go, right? But what would have been the or the fate of the jailer? May not have come to know Jesus, his family may not come. You see, he could have had Pharaoh say yes when Moses said, Let my people go. Right? But then his people couldn't have seen the miracles take place. He could have kept Jesus from going to the cross. No crucifixion. How many of you know parents know right now that'd been a whole lot easier for you as far as your child, right? But God has allowed the problems because he's got a purpose. He doesn't have to cause them in order to to make sense to you in this sense. He doesn't have to be the person who, who facilitates and says, this is what I'm going to do so they're going to get it. Sometimes in his foreknowledge, he's responding to the decisions that you have made and said, oh, They've decided they're going to move their chess piece this particular way. And as a result of that, this, uh, this uh, rook is going to come over here and take this one out. You, you, you see what I'm saying? But ultimately, when you say to God, I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. But one thing I know is that you love me. And I shouldn't love the things of this world more than I love you. And long to want to live with you. Can you think of the benefit that you could have as a parent if you could make the foremost intention of all of your life that your children would have eternal life above and beyond any other thing that could be considered successful in this world? We work hard to make them good sports stars, we work hard to make them good uh, in, in the profession in a professional world, that they would make money, good husbands, good wives, good parents, all these types of things, and then we get squirmish when it comes to the things of faith, when it's the most important agenda and assignment that you've been given. Nothing else matters. Jesus went so far as to say, listen, some of you think and value an eye, more than you value eternal life. He said it would be better for you to go into eternity with one eye than to allow for that eye to cause you to stumble. He said it would be better for some of you who have a problem with your hands touching things and being part of things that they shouldn't be to cut off a hand and be able to go into eternal life than it is to go or try to go into eternal life and miss it What two. And you're sitting here and you're thinking, I can't do that. He says, pluck it out. He says to you, he says to us, he says, listen, whatever it is that is getting in the way of you becoming the person that can truly say, God is in control, he's gonna work all things together for my good, the way where you can get and you can identify with Job, who says this. Look at this next scripture. Here he says, the Lord gave me everything I had and they were his to take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I heard mm's, I had seen head shake, "Mm," and and, and the aching. The Lord gave me everything I had, and they were His to take away, take away, take away. Can you feel that ache? The things that have been taken away, the things that the enemy has whispered in our ears. God cares. Why is this taken away? A God filter ought to mean better output, better productivity. Something happened in Job. This is the beginning of it, the declaration. There was an understanding that Job had about God. Oh, were there some friends around him that wanted to speak into his ear and try to tell him? I mean, if you don't know the story of Job, go ahead and look at, you, you get right into the narrative really quick in that book. You can see how there was this, this, this condition going on between Satan and, and God and, and he wanted to come against uh, Job and, and uh, Satan did and, and God said, listen, he's a righteous man and he said he's only righteous because of everything you do and God said, I'm going to show you how righteous he is. Look at it. Look it up. If, you, if you're not here, usually you're not, you're, you've never read that story. It's, it's really important. But he says this, everything I have comes from God. And if he decides to take it away, it's his right. The end of the story is, I want you to know that I trust God. But there's some today in the world in which we live, with through heartache and real heartache. I'm not, I'm not being down on anybody. I'm trying to bring peace to us. Because if you can understand that even though things haven't gone the way in which you wanted them to go, God is a big God. If He wants to turn off a faucet for you, He can turn it on someplace else. Some of you have looked at the situations that you're in and have seen it as the only resource that you have to be able to get you to the next place. You lose your job. That's happened for some people. Guess what? God's not unaware of it. God can provide you a better job. You're doing your best. Maybe you weren't doing your best in the job, and you've understood and learned some things as a result of that. You opened up your mouth. You created problems at your job, possibly. Bankrupt, no big deal. God could turn it around. I didn't say no big deal, like everybody should just act like it's no, just go ahead and just do it, be irresponsible. I mean, God can get you out of it, God can walk with you through it. Blessed is the name of the Lord, He is in control. I mean, I could give you a case, a proof text, or I mean, a proof case time after time of the individuals. Consider Joseph false accusations that came against him. And God took him and brought him to a place to save a nation. Sold into slavery. Set up. In jail longer than what he should have been there. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. But even though his brothers were wicked and vile, he looked at them in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Look at that if you would, please. It's on the screen. It says this. It says, um, you intended to harm me. Say, but God intended it for good That's right. to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives and he had lifted him up and elevated him to a point to where he could issue forgiveness and guess what god's purposes right was being worked through the problems that Joseph had endured. And there's not any of us who would want to sign up for that, but as each and every person who was up here today knows that some of their friends that they were serving with did not get to come home. Or they are walking maimed or they don't have a particular body part because things didn't turn out the way in which they wanted. If they would have had rathers, but still somehow, some way you and I are the recipients of the benefits of those people. I wonder what has to happen happen in our lives so that we can love him, love his plan, love his purposes more than what we love our own. I think we could easily, more easily do it if we understood that we're on an eternal mission here and not a temporary one. 2 Corinthians chapter four says this, this is the reason we never lose heart. Look at this. These troubles, which are temporary, are winning for us a permanent, glorious, and solid reward out of proportion to our pain. Pracy, Him! don't you come up here, please? Say this with me. His control, makes me whole. His control makes me whole. The last part is this. His control means my prayers have impact. They have impact. Some of you are sitting there listening, saying, why pray? If he's already made up his mind about when I'm going to die or when my loved one is going to die or live, then why pray? First of all, because he told us to. (laughs) And I found that he is wiser than me. Secondly, because he said he is moved by prayer. And while he has a purpose and plans and he can see the front from the back, he knows all of those things. He is... He wants to get us to the place of dependency upon him. He wants to be seen as the father who will do whatever is necessary in order to demonstrate to you that I'm working for your good. I know the devil tells us, why waste your time? Why waste your time to pray? Here's the thing I want you to know. When you go into the spirit realm... God can be in control of your prayers so that you can pray the very things that he wants you to pray rather than things that we want to pray some people you know think that this this uh, the being filled with the spirit is is the benefit is you know I mean, I know this I say this over and over again I fully believe it is to be bold to be witnesses all right but everything about me not just my testimony but my life should testify about God And i got to be bold in that. And so I'm bold in my prayers and I say, Lord, I recognize that I don't know what to pray sometimes. Some people come to me with some situations I don't have an answer for. So he just says, how about you let me pray through you? And I begin to pray in what we call the spirit here at this Assemblies of God Pentecostal Church. I begin to pray without understanding in my mind. My, my, my mind is focused. I'm praying. I have someone in my heart, in my mind, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at them in my mind, and I'm praying, Lord, I don't know all about this situation. And he begins to give me words in the spirit realm. And you know what? They can't be Stopped. They can't be stopped. The enemy can't understand what I'm saying. I've got this hotline. I've got this this red phone line to heaven, all right? I pray in the spirit on all occasions. Maybe in our prayers, we're not getting some things because we're just so stuck in in the understanding realm. And he says, I want you to, step into the spirit realm, the supernatural realm. I'm not saying he doesn't listen to prayers that are intelligible because he does. But I'm telling you there's some times where you need to move and you need to say, I'm going to let you take over, Lord. You need to get to this point like the scripture says in Ephesians 3.20, there on the screen it says, God is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream or infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires, thoughts, or hopes. Mm. He's able to do far more. Say far more. Far more more than I can pray, but I'm not supposed to stop praying. He's got a plan, does he not? For your life. He's working to bring his, his purposes to be achieved in your life through the problems that you're having to go through. That out of the understanding about who he is, whom you personally know, that you can say as, as Job says, listen, great is the Lord, right? Amen. He's given and he can take away. And I hurt to say it, but I pray I'd get able to be get more in the spirit than I would be able to be in the flesh. I'm telling you, it'll bring a peace that passes understanding to you. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We're thankful that you have given to us this access to you, creator of the universe, savior of my soul, loving father, protector, oh Lord. I ask you right now to come to people. People who are struggling today. Individuals who are looking for solutions. Looking for direction. May they understand that they can give over control to you. They can let you take over and and they don't have to fear. They don't have to fear that you will take them down a path that they don't have the aptitude in order to walk on. Mm. right now the Holy Spirit's ministering to some individuals in a deep deep way. there's, there's going to come a, it's a game-changing day for you today for you to understand that he loves you and he's in control and you need to relinquish control. relinquish control to him right now right now, right where you sit. Right now, where you sit, relinquish control. If you're anxious about anything, the Bible says, give it to him. Make your prayers and requests known to the Lord, giving him thanks ahead of time before you even have the result come to play. Right now, right now, Holy Spirit, you're working and you're moving. Hmm. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And you say, yeah, Pastor, the Spirit is working on me right now. He's just telling me relinquish control. If that's you, by the uplifted hand, I want to pray for you. Where are you at today? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. All across this place. Yes, yes, yes. Relinquish control. I relinquish control. He's telling you, keep your hand up in the air if you're doing it. I'm relinquishing control. I'm relinquishing control. I'm expecting the peace of God to come into my innermost being as I relinquish control. He sees that hand. It's been God filtered. It's Father filtered right now. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you that you've heard this message today. He knows the aching that's within you. You, but he is trying to by the power of his spirit be that calming force to you as you give those things over to him and you recognize it's so much better it goes so much better when he's in control thank you Lord right now thank you Lord for doing that mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus will you stand to your feet in this place everybody, everybody please <laughs> Oh, Lord, we're just going to worship you right now. We worship you right now. Lift up your hands to him. Everybody in here that loves God, that's appreciated what he's done in your life right now, we lift up our hands and we worship you. Oh, we declare you as king of kings and lord of lords. I don't know if there's anybody here today that doesn't know Jesus. But this that I talk about, this process I talk about happens this peace comes when you surrender to him. When I was speaking about control, I wasn't specifically speaking about someone not knowing him, but, but maybe that was you or, or, or maybe someone said, I, I wanted him to have control, but I haven't given control of my life in the sense of surrendering to him. And you want to do that right now. And I realize some hands are, are lifted up already across this place and you're raising in, in adoration to the Lord and that, just keep doing that. But you're here in this place today and, and I'm going to pray a prayer and, and maybe this prayer will, will hook up and link in your heart and you could pray it with me. So I just thank you, Lord, right now that you have seen me in my condition. You've seen me right now, Lord, pitiful and poor, wretched man that I am. But, Lord, you have said to me that you have a greater plan for my life. And if I would surrender to you... If I would give you my life that you would take over, that you would rule and reign, and that you would give me peace and you would give me eternal life, Lord. I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. I ask for you to take over that I can live for you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord, for doing that for me right now. Some of you, that was your prayer. You may not have used the exact same words, but it has for you the context of what you're trying to get across. And 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 I, I know the Lord wants to work in you. And these altars, we're just gonna sing this song. And I, I wonder, there's some of you here today, you need to have a spiritual connection. You need to have someone be able to lay hands on you and pray. So I'm gonna ask the prayer team if you come up here really quick, all right? Anybody that can right now. And there's something that you're going through. I really feel like we need to do this. And 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 you need someone to come into agreement with you that the Holy Spirit would take over you give him control and you're you're nervous about it, but you know that he'll fix it. He'll fix it when you give it over to him and you need prayer, you need someone to connect with you maybe someone's if you're if you're one of the individuals raised, uh, who prayed that prayer with me, you also let them know that as well and and we've got a book up here for you, and we're here, all right.